Hey, 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 you're now tuning in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have Mr. George Brooks, uh, CEO of Meta Association. And how are you doing today, sir? Doing fine, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Before we get into today's conversation, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan, my personal brand, Positive Energy Through Your Clothes. If you use the promo code Underdog Talk, and Underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G Talk, you get 15% off. We have t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, and hoodies. We'll have more hoodies and sweatshirts as the fall is about to come, but if you use the promo code you get 15% off at christiandewan.com. All right, let's get into today's conversation. I think today's conversation is going to be a good one because it has to do with men, mainly black men, which both of us are, mental health. And so how did you become like an advocate for, before we get into our conversation, how did you become an advocate for mental health? Well, uh, about age seven, I began to realize that I was having some issues as far as how I processed my emotions and my feelings and things like that. And, um, you know, I was diagnosed with some issues at an early age and I had to grow up with them and not just grow up with them in American society, dealing with that as it was, but dealing with it as a black man and dealing with it with dealing with the trappings of manhood, such as adolescence, rite of passage, uh, uh, marriage, fatherhood, with all that uh, compounded with mental illness and being a black man. So um, having gone through so much and being tested, I came to a point in my life where I decided to become an advocate because that feeling of suffering, of loss, of pain that I went through, I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And I chose to focus on black men because that's what I am. And I, I believe in taking care of home first. Charity begins at home. And once, once I begin my work here, then we can transition over to helping with other cultures. But I want to help black men first because that's what's nearest and dearest. I have sons that I'm raising. So that, that's where my focus starts. I understand. And I love that you knew that you had, you know, issues that you had to deal with and you had to deal with them before you could help somebody else out. And sometimes um, we don't realize what we go through is for other people. You had to go through all those things so you could be a person to be able to help. And then having sons, that's just as important because we know as fathers, like, what's it like to be a black man in America? What you have to go through, you know, throughout your day, you know, things that can happen just because you're a black man. And sometimes we don't we don't release. We don't let our feelings out. Or sometimes if we do let our feelings out, we could be around the wrong people and they'll take it as us complaining or something. It's like, no, like I, I just want to express how I feel. And we can't do that. So I applaud you on that because that's very important in our community is mental health. So um, how did you start? What did you do? Like once you got, you know, you together. And to help others, did you start like a program? Was it just like, oh, I'm going to just help a couple people? How did you go about starting to actually help others um, with their mental health? Uh, well, one thing I started doing was really looking at what helped me, uh, what was effective. Kind of like how Bruce Lee was. You know how he said, uh, use what's useful, abandon what isn't. Mm 
So I looked mm-hmm. at what, what techniques uh, helped me, what, what did I learn from people that was beneficial? And I took the things that really helped and started trying to um, find ways to utilize them and just trying to help people. I started my nonprofit, went through the proper legal channel, set everything up officially, did everything the right way. I did not do like a lot of us do. Uh, and I'm just going to be honest, it's black folks and, and you know, piecemeal some together. I made sure I did everything the right way and um, started to implement some things, started to network, started to get involved with other nonprofits, started to collaborate with other people. And that's really the thing about helping people. You have to collaborate with other groups and just started to uh, do some public speaking, get my message out, talk about my process. And I found that's really been what's helpful to people It's talking about what I've been through. Um, you would have thought maybe it would be maybe me coming up with a program or a pamphlet and saying, okay, do A, B, C, and D. And it's really kind of been the antithesis of that. It's been mostly me just talking about, hey, this happened to me. And people identifying with that and us going from there. So it's been mostly my testimony, which through by the grace of God, I've been blessed with. But that's really been what I found has helped the most people. I love it. I love it. Being transparent and vulnerable. Uh, that, that, that is helpful. Like when you, like, I didn't realize like having my disability and me talking about the things that I overcome, it would help other people. I thought I'm like, well, I just deal with it. But then like people can resonate. They might not have went through what I went through, but something happened in their life. And they're like, man, okay. that Okay. A buddy could do it. I could do it. And that's kind of just how it is. And those of us that are advocate for different things to help people we got to be vulnerable and share that so i love that you were able to go out there and share and like you said uh gotta make that paperwork make the paperwork and that means have the proper paperwork don't say oh i got a business oh i got this and you don't got the proper paperwork you don't got nothing legal because guess what uncle sam the irs they don't play they don't, they don't play. They don't care how big your business is, how small it is. If you don't have that right and you saying you making money and you ain't paid them, oh, they're going to come get you. Right. And, and, so, and plus it's, it's just you want to be better equipped to be able to help people. Uh, yep. It's not a lot of money in, in running a nonprofit. It's really not. It's not about the money. Anybody. And that's one thing I, I really want to go out of my way to say. Uh, with small nonprofits and and your community outreach people and, and your churches and things, you know, one thing I've learned is that I was blessed enough through the grace of God and hard work to survive the pandemic and this current economy that we're in. Um, I've been a one man operation, but I've been blessed to experience tremendous growth through hard work and perseverance. So please support your local communities, uh, support your local churches, your local nonprofits. Uh, the, the old man that that, that that sells fruit that does it for the community, support them because they really need your support, not just financially, but even your prayers help. And I think a lot of times those people get overlooked. Uh, a lot of times we as black people don't support our own, our own, and that really hurts us. So let's make sure that we do that because those are the people that are often forgotten. Um, if you don't want to support my nonprofit, fine, but support someone because you never know what that person may be going through. But if they're out there still supporting the community, we owe it to them to serve them as well. That That is so true. Like I was, a, I had a mentor program and I was coaching and all that, but life was happening. 
yeah. you know, like stuff was going on, but I'm still out here. And sometimes people don't realize that, like when you volunteer, you have a nonprofit, like you say, it's not about money. It's about helping others. And it's like, you got to support those people. It's not like nonprofits are, uh, are things that people volunteer. They're not, they're not like making money. So it's not like they're going to short you. They're not going to say, Oh, whatever. No, it's like, go help them, go support them. Like when your kids on a basketball team or whatever sports team, Hey, bring the snacks, uh, maybe come to practice, see how you can help, whatever the case may be. Cause like you said, those people are doing it from, they're doing it from their heart. Like, and you know that I know that because we're both in the community and doing things like that. And it's like, we don't get the support. And it's like, you go and support over here, but you don't want to support right here. Make that don't right, make sense. Right. That don't, that don't yeah. make sense. And people don't understand without those organizations, a lot of those programs go away because the government's not going to come in and, and fill that gap. You know, you, we, we can't sit around, especially as black people, and keep trying to wait on someone to come in and fill those voids in our communities, uh, let alone financially. I mean, the government's sitting on, on billions of, of relief aid money now that they aren't trying to disperse. So, you know, if they're sitting on money now that they, they aren't getting into the communities, you know, you, you have to do something to stimulate that growth, to stimulate that that activity on your own accord. Yep. And so let's get into mental health. This what we're talking about messes with people's mental health. Right. Um, someone that works at maybe a nine to five, they could be an entrepreneur, but they they have programs to help in the community and it's not, they're not looking for money, but it's like, we didn't, you don't get the support. And then you're like, am I supposed to be doing this or whatever the case? And especially if it's a man, because a lot of people don't realize men go through a lot of stuff that we don't show. Women go through a lot, a lot of stuff too. But as a black man, just waking up and going out, going outside, you coming home is a blessing. Right. Like anybody it is, but for us, it's a blessing. Cause if we get pulled over, we, we might, okay, it's not about making it home. It's about making it alive and just dealing with those different things. Or you might go into a restaurant and you get some racism. You like, man, I'm coming in here to get me some lunch. I'm on break and you on here and with this bull. No, nah, we not, you know, so it's different stuff that we go through um, with mental health. So what are some of the things um, that the men that you've talked to go through, like, you don't got to name a whole lot, but what are some of like the top things that with mental health that black men go through? Racial trauma, uh, the, the stress of daily life, the, the pressures of being a black man in America. Uh, we're probably the most uh, ostracized group demographic in, dare I say, the world. Uh, we're the most harshly judged no matter what we do. And, and we're the group that's the most beheld to not expressing our emotions. See, anytime we just the fact that we admit just the fact that we can admit that we have a mental illness is seen as a weakness. I mean, it's seen as a flaw. So, you know, just operating off that by its own is something that that has that has hindered our, 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 our race. It has. And we have to get over that. We have to get to a point where we can express our vulnerability so we can process our emotions so we can heal and get past them because. Black men not addressing our mental illness is keeping us is keeping us broke. I mean, we don't think of it that way. And, you know, I didn't think of it that way till I really realized it. I thought and I said, why am I not making the kind of money I want to make? And I'm still not. But 
you know, a big part of the puzzle is I need to deal with my mental health issues. I need to process a lot of what's going on. I need to process those things that are holding me back. I need to look at why my relationships with why why my relationships with women are not optimal, why my relationships with other cultures aren't optimal, why my relationships with my children aren't where I, exactly where I want them to be. And until we start processing those emotions, and I'm glad I didn't leave this out, why my relationships with my brothers, other Black men, have to be so angry all the time? Why is it that I feel the need to feel aggression if I bump into you? Why are we still on that? See, we have a lot of work to do, but see, first we have to do it individually. We have to do it alone. Then we need to do it as brothers, as men. Then we need to get with our women, then our children, then our communities, then so forth. It's a process, but we have to begin it. Man, and that means you, being open. That means being open to therapy. You know, we got to get over there. I tell people my business, you do it in any way at the barbershop. You do it every day on the corner. Talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. You have to be open to medication if you need it. If you have a heart condition, if you have cancer, you're going to take your chemo. If you have a mental illness, take your medicine. Get over that old way of thinking because it's not it's not helping. The way we've been doing things and giving us anything but death and misery. So it's time for us to try something new. Man, you 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 own it. I was just I was just gonna say something about therapy. Like therapy is helpful. Like mm -hmm. if you if you listening to this. Like go to if you not get you don't got a counselor you don't got some type of mentors some type of positive people that you can go to 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 get that off you not like you said we'll go to the barber shop and talk all day we'll be on the corner with our homies or maybe not on the corner now be on the porch be wherever and you ain't you talking to your homies and they like oh yeah man I feel you you need to talk to somebody to say hey man you right on this point but this part you wrong. Yeah. And to, to you, like you said, you got to work on you. You got to work on the inner you. And a lot of it is because of the way we used to think or are the generations before us used to think. Because as men, like growing up, like if you had a lot of women, all you was the dude. You was that man. But then now as I'm 36 and I see successful people, all of them married. All of them with the, that one, one woman. They not out here in the street sleeping with everybody or doing none of that. And you like, Hold on. So everything that they were showing me when I was a shorty, then it ain't. Oh, OK. Especially like with therapy as a black community. Oh, I'm not going to tell nobody nothing. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Why not? What you've been doing ain't working. So if it hasn't been working, guess what? You need to try something different. And mental health is very important. Like you said, sometimes you might got to take some medicine. You might got to do some different stuff that you ain't normally done, but it's going to help you. Because if your mental ain't right, you can't do nothing. Because you get punched in the face by life and your mental ain't right, you're gonna go, you're gonna drop down. Yeah, Look, and it, and just and like that, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, and just because you might have to seek therapy, I mean you crazy. Hell, that's not what it mean. It just means hey, you know, everybody crazy. Everybody <laughs> crazy. You got yeah, it. You know. It all listen, it don't matter if you a billionaire, if you homeless, if you make forty thousand a year, fifty thousand a year, or you make fifty thousand a month. Something is wrong. Everybody has some type of flaw. Everybody has gone through some type of trauma to where they got to fix it. And in life, if you're, it's just like the UFC fight. I don't remember the dude's name. It was just, um, it was just, it was a championship. So the dude that was a champion, he was whooping buddy. He was whoop. I'm talking about, 
I fell asleep. I thought I just knew he won. I woke up and the other dude won because his mental was there. His mental was like, I can take these punches. I can take these hits. If you don't have your mental right, you can't take no punches. You get fired and your mental ain't right, you don't know what to do. You might want to go up to the job and shoot somebody because you don't got your mental right. And like you said, us as black men, like, why when I walk up, you got to have a mean mug or you got to look me up and down. I'm just I'm coming in the gas station like you coming in the gas station oh. or I'm getting me some food. Like we as black men got to stop with the, oh, you from over here or you this and that. It's no, we got to work together because all the other communities do. All the other communities, the men, they work together. That's how they got that bread. And we don't want to we don't want to see other people win that look like us. And that makes no sense. Because if we all stuck together, guess what? We would win. So um, I, I like what you said about the relationship with women. I think a lot of our mental health um, has to do with that. So speak on, like, what are some of the things that you personally kind of went through or go through with the mental health, dealing with relationships that, you know, could help somebody else or just start to, you know, start a – yeah, how can they help somebody else? Okay. I, I found that my relationships with women in my life improved once I became accountable and uh, basically cut the bullshit with myself and started looking at what I was doing right and wrong. Uh, until you are accountable for what you do, you can't have a good relationship with anybody else. And once I did that and once I was a man and said, look, yeah, this is my flaw. This is what I do. Okay. And got right with myself. I could kind of see other people for who they are and what they were. And I could appreciate people for who they were. And it really impacted my relationship with women in the sense that I was able to really appreciate womanhood, you know, for what it is. Of course, you know, none of us are perfect, but I, I can see the 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 good, the goodness in, in, in womanhood and appreciate it. I think I have a deeper appreciation for motherhood, for, for sisterhood and those things. And you know, that's really rewarding for me. And I'm able to see people for who they are instead of me. Let me put it this way. If I'm in a situation and something happens that I don't like, I'm not apt to say, well, all women, even if I say it verbally, I'm not thinking it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that individual. So you're less likely to generalize. You're able to see more as individuals. So that helps you because you're able to see womanhood for more for what it is. And I'm hoping that maybe women will do this and adopt some of what I'm saying for themselves so that they don't come into it and look at all men as, oh, they all this, that maybe they can see us as individuals too. Because we deal with our trauma and we generalize our pain. You know, mm. we hurt and then we say, well, all men, all this, all that. Instead of taking our time in life saying, now this person hurt me. It's not because they were a man. It's not because they were black. It's not because they were white. It's not because they were Republican. It's because they were just a messed up person. But this other woman was good to me. So we have to do that. And we have to kind of learn to sift through our own emotions a little bit more and think. And we have to get to where, especially as men, and listen to what I'm about to say. We have to try to respond and not just react. A response, you take a moment to think. A reaction, you just do. And that's going to keep us out of jail more. 
It's going to keep our pockets looking a little bit better. It's going to make our relationships a lot better. And all that ties into mental health. And that's a lot of why I started my nonprofit Meta Association. Mm. I, I love what you said at the beginning, holding yourself accountable. I don't think a lot of people, men, women, hold themselves accountable for their actions. And that's one thing that I learned. Uh, I was married, got a divorce. And just after that, I was like, man, I got to hold myself accountable for some of the stuff that I didn't do. I can't say it was this, this, that, because as a man, we don't realize our energy is the main energy. If you come in the house and you got an attitude, everybody got an attitude. Everybody if you come in the house, hey, family, how y'all doing? Hey, everybody going to be happy. So we got to take the accountability as men like, OK, all right, I had a bad day at work. Let me sit in the car for five minutes before I go in the house. Perfect. Let me, you know. Uh, or it's, hey, let me call, uh, don't got to be your pastor. It could be whoever. Let me call such and such and get, get this off my chest before I go in here. Cause she made me mad this morning and I got an attitude from work and it's about to go down if I go in here. But sometimes we don't do that. Like you said, we react and I've learned not to react because sometimes you don't know what the other person going through. So it's like, okay, maybe they having a bad day. This ain't normally them. So I'm going to let this slide, but I'm going to talk to them when they not on their feelings because I need to address, hey, you ain't going to talk to me like that or whatever the case may be. So sometimes it's like not meant for that moment. Like you can't just always be like, all right, I can't wait till she done talking. I'm about to get on her. For what? Right, right. For what? Right. To cause more problems. Guess what? You're not going to win an argument with a woman. You might mm -hmm. as well just be, you're not going to win. So it's like, all right, I hear what she say. Do I respond? Okay, how do I respond? Because sometimes it's how we respond that messes us up. And that's relationship with anybody. And um, like the last thing, like the like the last thing you would like, you, you said some stuff, man. Like you said a lot of stuff that can help us individually. Uh, that's where it starts individually. And then realizing how other people don't. I think one thing with mental health, we have to realize other people don't think like us. Me and you could be from the same neighborhood, same age, mom and dad, best friends, but we think totally different. So in a certain situation, I'm not going to do what you're going to do. And right. you're not going to do what I'm going to do. So you can't be like, well, I would do it this way. And that's a lot of our problems when it comes to with, with, with relationships. We're expecting somebody to do or think like us. Everybody don't think like you. So once you hold yourself accountable and you realize, okay, everybody, I'm my own individual. He not going to think like me. So let me not go cuss him out because he didn't do what I did or what I expected him to do because I thought. And that's a lot to do with mental health. So um, what do you think about journaling, writing stuff down? How, how, how important is that with mental health? I mean, now that I think about it, I think everybody kind of journals by default anyway because everybody on social media all day. So, Ooh. I mean, everybody kind of journals anyway. Just look mm. at the post throughout the day. You know, somebody gets a, a, a something to drink, they post about it. So everybody kind of journals anyway. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point about that everybody doesn't think the same. I mean, you know, and I'm sure people are going to look at this and be like, man, I don't believe what he's saying. And you ain't got to. You can do your own thing. But, you know, if you keep doing things the way you've been doing, I mean, they got two places for you. Jail and a cemetery. I mean, you know, hey, that's uh, uh, 
they never close. They always got vacancies. So if you want to keep on being a damn fool and not addressing your mental health, go ahead. That's up to you. But if you want to try to do something better for yourself and better for your community, you can try something different. But if you want to keep on beating your head against the wall, they got plenty of penitentiaries and they got plenty of cemeteries. Have at it. And <laughs> oh, we almost can end the episode on that one because that, that's the truth. And mm-hmm. we're not saying that everything like mental health is going to lead up to that. But we talking, we talking to us. We talking to people that look like me and you. Yeah, Go but ahead. Look at those stories that usually end up there. And what's you if you break them down, it's usually a mental health component somewhere in there that was not addressed, that was not dealt with, or somebody didn't do something along the lines of addressing their mental health that got out of hand that resulted in somebody ended up dead or hurt or incarcerated. Okay, because they kept doing the same old thing. Yep. Perfect example of mental health and not dealing with it. So I think it happened maybe last week, few weeks, in the last two or three weeks. A dude caught his girl cheating. I guess she'd been cheating several times over and over. He takes his their kids, kills the kids, and kills himself. That's a mental health issue because there's no reason you would even, if your mental was together, you wouldn't harm your children. You wouldn't want to harm yourself. You would be like, all right, I'm done with you. I ain't even about to keep going back there. Like, why do I keep going back there and you keep doing this and you hurt me? And now I feel the need to hurt me and the kids. That's a mental health issue. Well, just think about all this, all the signs, all the instances, all the police calls that probably happened before that were ignored. All this, all the red flags that people just, just didn't heed. They led up to that. See, that's what I'm talking about. It wasn't taken seriously. Oh, he just this or he just that. See, black people, we had a lot of us have not taken our mental health seriously. And when it leads to that, then we want to talk about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's because it's like you don't become homeless overnight. It's steps that happen. It's things that happen. You don't just you don't win the lottery and become broke the next day. It's stuff you did to lead up to that. So like you're saying, it's stuff that leads up and it's people ignore it. Oh, that's just him or, oh, that's just how we are. No, that's not how we are. That's how they want us to think. That's how they want us to be. And that's why we harm each other. That's why we do stupid stuff to ourselves or we go, we don't do the, we don't do the stuff of going and shooting up places, but we shoot each other. Because of our mental health. Because, oh, I don't like the way you was looking at me. Oh, he messing with my girl or this and that. Okay. I This one thing, and not to get off subject, but I never understand when people are in a relationship, why do you go after the person, the other person? You're supposed to talk to your person at home that you're in a relationship with. What's going on? Why are you out here doing this? Because we have poor communication skills. We, we don't know how to communicate. It's not that we don't communicate. We do communicate. But black men, we communicate wrong a lot of times. Because I'm guilty of it. Even to this day, I haven't figured it out. So, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it's a lot of work we have to do. It's a lot of work. And I'm not saying I got all the solutions. But at least I'm willing to try to find some answers. So that's one thing we all have to endeavor to do. Yep. And that that's so true, like, with me. I like people will take 
um because i'm a very passionate person so if, it, if you get me and my voice get loud oh you talking loud no i'm not talking loud that's just me and it's like i had to realize okay i can't be a certain way or get a certain tone in my voice because people not they don't hear nothing i say all they hear is the tone in my voice so it's like all right i gotta talk in this normal voice so they can understand that i'm not being a loud black guy or i'm being aggressive because i work in a school and i work in kindergarten and from kindergarten to about third or fourth grade, there's no, is one other black person. And I'm the only male in, in, in that area. So it's like, okay, they're going to look at me. If my voice get loud, they're going to say I'm the angry black man. And it's like, no, nah, y'all ain't seen the angry black man. No. I just have a, a, a loud voice, which I can't really help. But then it's like, let me calm down. So they don't even have, they don't even, they can't control the narrative. I think we need to understand we have to control the narrative on ourselves first and then in the situation. And that starts with that communication you said. Right. I communicate to myself before I communicate to somebody else or I communicate to God before I communicate to somebody else. And you have to sometimes communicate to yourself like you could be in a situation. All right, let's not do that. That's old me. Let me let me let's walk away from this. If you can't if you can't calm yourself down, then you, yeah, you got a little, little mental health. You you look crazy if you it's can't say, "All right, so let's go." And I I don't I want people to you know I don't want people to feel as though that when you have a mental health issue or I never want people to feel as though they don't have a right to their emotions. You got a right to be angry about something. You got a right to feel sad about something. You got a right to feel however you feel, but you don't have a right to take that out on other people. You don't have a right to inflict damage on the rest of the world. You should try to process that and heal from that. If you're angry about something, all right, be angry. That's cool. But see, when you reach that outside of you and it starts hurting people, that's when it's a problem. So that's what I mean by dealing with our mental health. You, man, listen, I got I got so many. I can't wait to edit this and chop up some clips because, man, yeah, like, you you got the right to to be angry, upset on your feelings, but you don't got the right like you, you don't have the right to take it out on somebody. Because guess what? Say if whoever your brother, your friend, your mama, your sister, they have a bad day and they come at you. Oh, man, why are you on that? But then yesterday you was doing that. So guess what? It happened to you and you didn't like it. So you can't do it to other people. You can't you can't like like I said earlier and when you're in a relationship. Work went bad. You can't come home and take it out on your kids or your girl or whoever, whoever there. Like you can't take it out on anybody else. You need to sit in the car, whatever you need to do, calm down so you can go in and have a positive attitude because life happens. We get it. Like, And, and you have to be open to if that's something that happens on the regular, don't be afraid to go talk to somebody. See, that's the thing. See, there, there, we, we, we have to make that connection between those moments when that's happening all the time, when we having problems at home, to going and talking to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And, and breaking that stigma of feeling like, well, people going to think I'm crazy. What the hell do you care what people think about you? You know, you supposed to be all this and that, and that out in the streets and you don't care and you this and that, but you care what people think about your health? Does that make sense? If you're so real, take care of yourself. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to be so real and so this and so that, then be really real and take care of your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that is so true. Like I I say it all the time. Everybody ain't like Jesus. 
He still did what he did. Everybody ain't going to like me. I know everybody don't like me, and I'm cool with that. So you can't care of what people think, like you said, about your, me your mental health. Not theirs, yours. Because guess what? If you actually go crazy, those people ain't going to be there to help you. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. And one thing, uh, like we said earlier, get around positive people or people that can help you. I joined an online community. It's called G-Men. It's a bunch of, it's mainly um, black guys. You know, you got a couple here and there that's not. But it's a positive group. And when you get to talking to other men, they go through the same stuff. It's yeah, like, that's the thing. oh, my that's goodness. You know, I, one thing I've learned is that a lot of my story, a lot of us have gone through the same thing. So it's not just me. And what you said about toxic people, we as black folks, we we not, you know, we got to get over that. Well, that's my mama. So if your mama toxic, she got to go just like your friends got to go. I don't care if that's your mama. I don't care if this big mama. I don't care if this your brother. Toxicity cannot be tolerated and be conducive to, to, to a healthy mental environment. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, you the one got to live in this space. You the one got to deal with it. You can't escape this. So you have to protect that. Because it influences those that you love and those around you. Listen, I don't care who you are. Hey, anybody know me? I don't care what part of the family you are. If you cross them core values of mine, I ain't messing with you. I don't care who you are because my peace is more important than you. My peace is more important than somebody else coming in, like you said, and messing up my peace. Like, you got to, one thing with your mental health, you got to have boundaries. You got to be able to say no. You got to be like, all right, I used to do that, but I'm not going over there. Like, if you know, if you know there's some drama over there, you know somebody could get to fighting. Why would you go over there? And you got kids now. Like, a lot of times as men, we don't think about the, the consequences that happen when we do certain stuff or if we just go somewhere. And not saying you can't go to church and something happens to you. You can go anywhere. But if you put yourself in a bad predicament, you can't be like, oh, it was it was because of such and such. No, you could have stayed at home. You could have stayed a little bit at home and not did that. But like you like you said earlier, just a minute ago, if you're real, be real with yourself and get your get your mental health together. Because if yeah. you don't got your mental health together, I don't care how real you think you are, you could break down. Because look mm -hmm. at all the people that's rich, all the people that got money that then killed themselves or then overdose or then done this. It ain't about money. It's about your <laughs> mental. It's about it's about what's inside of you. It's about who you are as a person, not what you do. It's about who you are. And if you don't got that mental together, you you gonna be out here in the streets and and the streets gonna eat you up. And I ain't talking about streets like ghettos, shooting gangs. I'm talking about outside. Yeah. You go outside and your mental health ain't together. It, it could be a long day for you. And right. that long day can turn into, like you said earlier, doing something stupid, ending up in jail, or doing something stupid and killing yourself or some being at a situation where you thought you was having a bad day and you, oh, I'm tough Tony. And you didn't realize buddy over here had a gun and he ready to shoot. Now you dead. Cause you mad. Cause you didn't go talk to somebody because yeah. you, that, that's just how life is. So oh, your pride. You, you, you let your pride get in the way listen, of your help. Listen, you know, your pr pride your is pride not self-preservation and take care of your mental health is a matter of self-preservation. And we have forgotten that, or we were never, that was never instilled into us. And now it has to be. So. Yeah. Your pride will get you, your pride will get you six feet deep. Your pride will get you behind jail. 
because I mean behind bars, you gotta get that pride in order, that ego. You can't, you ain't, you you ain't always gotta be tough, Tony. Sometimes you gotta be like, all right, I'm gonna let this one slide. Hey, I made it home today. And sometimes you your pride. Yeah, go ahead. And I can say this from experience. When you address your mental health as a black man, you will almost always show your children a better way. You will almost always show your kids and the people that love you a better you and a better way. If that and ain't the truth. alone is worth it. If that ain't the truth. Because my, my, my oldest has definitely seen growth. My youngest has seen growth. And it's like, my conversations with like I don't whoop my my son I don't whoop him like unless he do something super crazy I talk to him what's going on because guess what he could have had a bad day somebody yeah. could have been picking on him and nobody seen it and he came home and took that anger out it's like come on let's talk about it what's going on I do the same thing with my students what, what's going on you all right today you usually don't act like this and when you work on yourself you're able to ask questions you're able to actually see how somebody feels then oh they just being bad no you can't just do that because if you don't have your mental health you will mess up your kids mental health if you don't got your stuff together you will take the wrong the wrong habits the wrong everything and give it to your kid and then your kid gonna be like you and wait till you 30 and 40 and realize dang daddy was jacked up daddy didn't <laughs> daddy was teaching me some messed up stuff now i gotta work through all this now i gotta go if you if you work on yourself the other people around you will want to work on themselves, or they'll start doing the stuff that you do as a man. So yeah. I need three tips, man. Three tips that men, black men can do to help their mental health today. Like when they listen to this episode, they're like, all right, okay, I can do those things. What are three things that we can do to help our mental health? All right. Create a safe place for yourself. Find something that you do that's going to bring you peace with this. You taking a drive, as long as it's not destructive and it's not unhealthy. If it's drinking and drugging, then it's not going to help. Try to find something productive that you can do. If it's music, some creative, that's your own space and try to do it an hour a day. Just your own space away from everybody and protect it. Make this sacred for you, for your own mental health. Number two, try to have relationships with people that are positive. You know what I'm saying? If 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 you're around people and you notice y'all not talking about anything that's uplifting and y'all not talking about anything that's not advancing you, you may want to kind of distance yourself from that person because maybe that's what's holding you back and misery mm -hmm. loves company. So when you surround yourself with negativity, that's what you're going, you know, you, you, you end up becoming the construct that you surround yourself with. And most importantly, be patient with yourself, man. Changes don't come in a day. Uh, epiphanies don't just happen, you know, uh, overnight sometimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So my three tips are find a safe place, a safe activity for yourself that is just your own, not with your woman, not with your kids. It's just for you. And make sure the people know this your thing. This your space. You know, uh, be patient with yourself. And 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 enjoy the process of 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 trying to heal. So those are my three tips. I, I love I love that first one. Create a space. 
And like you said, it could be anything, just something positive. Um, like me, at the end of the day, I usually watch something funny. I'm usually watching either a stand-up or a funny movie, something funny. Um, that's my that's been my thing lately. Like, I mean, I'm not a big movie person, so it's like it'll take me 30 minutes to find a movie. So I'm like, I'm gonna just pick who I know is funny, or I might watch the 85 South Show because that's always funny. And I watch that and I'm cracking up, laughing. Or watch a funny show and I'm that's me because I like to laugh and that helps and I, I've noticed that that's helped and like or at the end of the day I play spades on my tablet like I'm either making myself laugh or I play spades and that's my thing before I get ready to go to bed that's my little wind down so those things are important or you might catch me having a whole concert right. a whole concert and and I'm in here jamming I'm here dancing it's just me because I learned to enjoy my own company so that's going to help you with your mental health to be able to enjoy yourself because sometimes your mental health can be jacked up if you can't even enjoy it if you can't sit and enjoy yourself if you need other people around yeah your mental health will off. and so, when it gets when it gets ahead. to that point you know you really you know and one tip to recognize that you know sometimes it gets to a point where you really need to just Go on, bite the bullet, and talk to somebody. And you could do it confidentially. You know, you you don't have to go and disclose all your business. You know, you can go talk to people discreetly. But if you get into the point really where you can't enjoy anything, then you at the point you need to seek help. And there's no harm in that. So you know, you can always you know reach out to local organizations or my nonprofit. You can reach me at metaassociation.org. You can uh, email me at gbrooks at metaassociation.org. Uh, I do respond to everything personally, so uh, I can offer any assistance I can or point you in the right direction. I love it. I love I love it. So you already gave people how they can reach you. Uh, before we get out of here, I need a quote. Uh, it could be your quote. It could be a quote you live by. It could be a quote you saw, but we need a quote from you. This is a quote. Um, I don't know. I, could, I don't know who to credit this to, but how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm, I've heard that before. Yes, definitely. How you do anything is how you do everything. I promise I try to tell my son that, like, dude, if you over here and you um, doing good at these games and when it's time for basketball, you need to do the same thing. And that's mm -hmm. the same thing with me. Like, if I'm good at uh podcasting i need to be good at everything i need to be good at everything that i do and once you realize that that one thing that you're really good at you could be good at everything else it'll help you in the long run man I, I i appreciate this conversation it was very uh wholesome because it was transparent it was vulnerable um just two black dudes talking about mental health which you don't always ca catch like i'm gonna share this out with you know all my homies all the people like, so they can hear this because this is the kind of conversation that we need to have as black men because it's a healthy conversation. We can talk about LeBron stats, who this, that, and the third, but sometimes more so than others, we need to talk about our mental health because when you talk to somebody else that look like you, nine times out of 10, they going through some of the same stuff you going through. And it's like, yeah. oh man, now y'all can work together and help each other out, become accountability partners. Hey, man, when I'm going through some, can I call you? Yep, call me anytime. And that's how things work. That's how you get a positive person rather than just talking to somebody about nothing. Because if anybody know me, if you get to talking about nothing, 
I will get off the phone with you. I don't care who you are. Hey, hey, I got to go. I do not do small talk unless it's like I'm talking to somebody and we ain't talked to them and we catching up. But again, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. Um, where You stay in Texas. What part of Texas? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. So you rep in Dallas very well. You're helping people in your community. Um, and I'm also, I'm also, uh, I'm originally from Memphis, so I split my time between Dallas and Memphis. So those, those two cities have my heart. So I'm doing my best for both of them. Uh, I love it. I love it. You in two different cities, two different main cities that definitely needed. I know Memphis, they go through a lot of violence and all that different stuff. And a lot of that is from mental health. So again, man, I appreciate everything that you do. Um, you told everybody how they can reach you. If you want to reach me, Underdog Talk um, on any platform, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, on LinkedIn, Eric Jones Jr. I post stuff about the podcast on there. You can email me at Underdog Talk Podcast at Gmail if you want to tell me what I'm doing bad, what I'm doing good. If you want to know more about a guest, maybe you didn't get the information. I will have all your information in the show notes. Um, you got any closing words? Uh this was fun. I thank you for having me on. I thank everybody for, for watching. And you can reach me at metaassociation.org. And I look forward to hearing from you. All right. And on that note, peace. One love. All right. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.